is White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. Swing and a drive! Deep left! Gone! That was as hard as a baseball can be hit. Swing and a base hit to left, and the White Sox win it! Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. Welcome in to White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000 and the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I am Connor McKnight. Happy college football Saturday to you. Our pleasure to host the Northwestern Wildcats this afternoon. So we're on a little later than normal. Cats get a victory. They are going bowling. All that according to the uh, the wonderful Dave Edit over there on WGN. Nice to have a good partnership with them. We'll have a couple of Sox games uh, over there in the coming season and of course we're happy to take a couple of cats games as well you can give the gift of white Sox baseball with a holiday flex pack purchase six vouchers starting at 49 bucks or upgrade to 10 vouchers starting at only 70 dollars. this upgrade offer is uh this upgrade offer is a hundred dollar off the regular price and only available through the holidays learn more at white slash holiday packs a lot to get to on the show today uh, obviously you saw the news late thursday night I'd say I was I was in bed. I was I was out. I was asleep. I woke up again at about four in the morning or so. The baby had started crying, so I woke up naturally uh, and saw the headline. And I thought, well, I should probably go take care of my child first. But I was walking. I promise you, walking down the steps, phone in hand, reading the press release from the White Sox before I got downstairs and, and lifted her out of the crib and then soothed her a little bit, put her back to bed, and then read the rest of the trade. I mean, that's that's kind of how I think a lot of you found out the news. Not the whole, you know, going downstairs and taking care of a crying baby, just seeing it very late at night and maybe having it shock you out of your sleep or at least prep for sleep. Or maybe you're a little bit younger or a lot younger than I am, and you were out on the town having a nice evening uh, and a couple of beverages or something like that. I don't know how you took in the trade, Jack. Jack McGrath, our producer on the other side of the glass, but this was... It was a surprising one, right? I mean, when you flip one guy, Aaron Bummer, for five baseball players, I think that's as close as you get to having something like a blockbuster early on in this offseason. I just saw the graphic, and I just kept on reading and reading all the names, and I couldn't believe there were so many names on, on one graphic for a trade this this early in the offseason. How did the Braves even have that many guys on a roster? I had no idea. The White Sox have a lot of new names. That's Jack. You'll get to know him over the winter. Great to have you on the show. Uh we're going to get to a lot to know, a lot of names to get to know here over the next couple of weeks. And I would not be surprised at all if Aaron Bummer, the trade of Aaron Bummer, is the first of a couple here for the White Sox here in this offseason. 312-332-3776, that's the phone number. Want to know first and foremost, and, and pretty simply, what you thought of this deal. Aaron Bummer was a guy who had been in this White Sox bullpen for some time and had met with what Tony La Russa called for years, buzzard luck. Just the kind of guy that would put the ball on the ground, not give up too many home runs, run into a couple more walks than you wanted when he was off, but the strikeout stuff was nasty. I remember when Bummer made his debut uh, for the White Sox in 2017 as a 23-year-old coming up. You know, you'd, you'd kind of seen the stuff 
You'd heard the talk in the White Sox minor league system about that sinker and just how gross it was. In 2018, he put together a very good season. Uh, probably not the best he'd had in a White Sox uniform. 2020 was probably that mark, albeit in uh, nine and a third innings, right? I mean, it's, it just was a 60-game season and Bummer got hurt late. It was what it was. But you could see the promise, and it's why the White Sox signed him to the extension that they did. In that phase, you know, kind of that 2018-2019 window, the White Sox front office was looking to lock up as much young talent as they could, whether that was long-term deals with Eloy Jimenez or Tim Anderson or Aaron Bummer or Luis Robert or Yoan Moncada. The White Sox were able to tag a lot of those guys to controllable deals. And now uh, many of those controllable deals have either been traded are being released in the case of Tim Anderson or the option uh, being declined, I should say, or on the trading block. We're going to hear a lot from White Sox general manager Chris Getz, who spoke with reporters uh, yesterday in a news conference about this trade of Aaron Bummer and about the outset of the White Sox now that the general manager meetings are done and the winter meetings are about three weeks away. I think, though, that what is probably most noteworthy outside of the deal itself. And we'll get into the five guys that the White Sox got in return for Aaron Bummer here in just a minute. Um, But I think outside of the deal itself, what is most notable here is how the deal came together, why it made sense for Getz and the White Sox at this point, and that the big quote is that Chris Getz has said the White Sox are open for business, that general managers throughout the league you know, that he's made it known outside of probably Luis Robert Jr., the White Sox are willing to move some players off the roster here if the deal is right. He mentioned that specifically uh, about Eloy Jimenez, and we'll play that sound for you in just a little bit. Before we get to the sound from Chris Getz, in case you're kind of uh, bouncing around all weekend long and had just kind of gotten to know or, or gotten to hear about the trade, let me give you a rundown of some of the names. You'll hear from Getz a little bit later on this afternoon uh, about, you know, kind of his thumbnail scouting report on each and every one of these guys but the White Sox moved Aaron Bummer to the Braves for five players Mike Soroka and Jared Schuster both of them pitchers and starters two infielders Nicky Lopez former Royal middle infielder up the middle kind of guy I don't know if you've heard but Nicky's local went to Naperville and Braden Shoemake another infielder with a very good defensive reputation a guy whose bat had fallen off just in this last year, uh, but there's a lot of hope for this guy to bounce back. And a pitcher, Riley Gowans, another local. He went to uh, University of Illinois. All of them in exchange for Aaron Bummer. And I think when you look at where the White Sox roster was prior to this deal, you were looking at a lot of different positions, whether it be the starting pitcher position, you know, that rotation, whether it was up the middle on the infield specifically with Elvis Andrews and Tim Anderson, who played the bulk of those innings last year, 2023, uh, at short and second, uh, kind of almost interchangeably for a a hot minute or two there. Uh, The White Sox are looking for a brand new middle infield. So Lopez, at the very least, could go a long way to filling in some of the depth that the White Sox are looking to fill here in 2024. We'll get to the rest here as we go, but Soroka is definitely the headliner. He's 26 years old, an oft-injured former top prospect, 
pitched in the All-Star game, suffered a right Achilles tendon tear in August of 2020 and missed most of the following two seasons afterward. August of 2020, you'll remember, was like right at the start of the season, right? I mean, we had the summer camp thing, and then COVID was rolling around, then August kind of happened. So not a whole lot of work for Soroka in 2020. Jared Schuster, another one of the starters there, did split the season last year between Atlanta and Gwinnett. Just a little bit, just a taste with the Braves in 2023. 44 innings, uh, rather 79 innings all in total. 44 earned runs and a 558 ERA. Jared Schuster had been a top prospect in that system, albeit due to the fact that a lot of those guys in that system had graduated and bumped up to the big leagues, the Braves being one of those teams putting together you know, that World Series-bound or World Series-hunting roster. They are one of the best teams in baseball and will be again in 2024, you would expect. The other guys in this trade... Um, Nikki Lo, uh, Brandon Shoe, Braden Shoemake, pardon, and Riley Gowans are a bit more prospecty kind of deals. Gowans, a lower round draft pick, just this last season, twenty four years old. He was uh, a picked out of the University of Illinois, as I mentioned. Went to Libertyville High School, just like your favorites, Chris Bleck and Adam Abdallah, here on ESPN One Thousand. I don't know whether the Bleck and Abdallah show will have Gowans on come monday night but i expect they will that'd be good booking uh for the ep on that show whomever that is but it'd be a good conversation about the finest lunches at libertyville high school and then you've got uh uh let's see you have shoemake right um 26 years old middle infielder some promise on this guy as well but uh, offensively had taken a step back one of the better infielders defensively a former first round pick in the 2019 draft out of Texas A&M uh, the defense is there and when you think about and listen back to some of the things that White Sox general manager Chris Getz has said he wants to improve on this club immediately i mean just like this it's the defense right so you could do a lot worse in, in making a deal for a reliever, right? A left-handed guy in, in Aaron Bummer moving to the Braves and kind of picking up a high leverage spot you would expect in that bullpen, despite the ERA being one of the highest in baseball last year. What you're doing here is providing depth at positions you just didn't have. We'll hear more from Chris Getz. We'll hear from Chris Getz here in just a little bit. And we got a break for a legal here. Our timing just thrown off a little bit by the ending of the Northwestern game. Uh, they win this afternoon. Happy to have that on our air. So we'll pause it real quick. Ten seconds for station identification. Live from the old National Bank State Street Studio, this is WMVP WSAG HD2, Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly here on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight, and Sox fans, 2024 ticket plans are available right now. Be here for the biggest matchups and exciting new promotions throughout the season, including opening day on March 28th. Our ticket plans include great benefits, such as a ticket exchange program, special events, savings on single games, and more. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash 2024. So Chris Getz has spoken. We've got a lot of audio that I want to walk you through here, kind of the, the whys and the wherefores and the scouting reports on some of the new White Sox, like Mike Soroka and uh, Jordan Schuster, Braden Shoemake, and Riley Gowans. We'll get to all of them. Oh, and Nicky Lopez, of course, too. I just didn't have his name written down, but he's in here, I promise. Most importantly, or I guess most interestingly, 
gets talked about how this deal came together, even despite the fact that the general manager meetings were cut short because of a norovirus running through just about everybody. Kind of an ugly thing there, but the White Sox were at least able to lay the groundwork for a deal like this. In fact, if you read kind of the blots, the sheets, it sounded like the Braves were in on Aaron Bummer maybe toward last year's trade deadline and, and things didn't quite line up like they did this time around. So here's Chris Getz on how this trade came together. You know, here recently, this past past couple of days, when things really began to uh, um, heat up between, you know, uh, the Braves and myself and Alex Anthopoulos, who, who um, is definitely a high-pace uh, general manager, and, and I enjoyed a lot of the conversations and breaking down different players and, and certainly talking about Aaron and, and the players that we acquired, I uh, came to the point where he put something on the table that I felt like um, was a step forward in where we needed to go. Um and once again, acquiring some starting pitching uh, innings there and also improving our defense. And it now allows us to, to um, open, some, open some things up, uh, so to speak, when it comes to acquiring free agents or future deals. Um, you know, so much of this is at the mercy of other clubs and how the, the urgency of, of some of these free agents and, and when they want to sign. So I think this is a foundational move for us. Um, and, uh, you know, look forward to, to adding what we just acquired. It's interesting the word choice that Getz had there, the foundational move, right? I think if you look through the names here, and if you're, um, you know, if you're familiar with some of these guys, if, if names like Mike Soroka and Nicky Lopez and even, uh, even Shoemake aren't uh, familiar to you, you kind of understand that because they're not, these are guys that you're taking, at, at least to a certain degree, some flyers on, right? Jordan Schuster, a former top prospect, a guy who's uh, you know struggled gone up and down a little bit with the Braves, is going to get some shots here in the White Sox rotation, I would guess. And you'll hear Chris Getz kind of address that in a little bit. Soroka's been injured quite a bit uh, since 2020. In fact, a note here on the Achilles surgery, he had a piece in The Athletic detailed this, and it's been talked about quite a bit in the White Sox blogosphere and Twitter sphere and everything like that, but... After Soroka injured his Achilles in 2020, one of the guys, one of the first guys to reach out to Soroka was former White Sox infielder Jake Berger. You remember, of course, Berger had the double Achilles tear uh, first at Camelback Ranch. And then afterward, while he was rehabbing the thing, I was at the game where Berger went down between home and first with that first Achilles injury. And it was, yeah, your heart was in your throat for the kid. I mean, he's just an awesome, awesome guy who everybody was rooting for, a former first-round pick of the White Sox, and has now you know, bounced himself back and made him into a nice, little, uh, a nice major leaguer. This, though, is kind of you know, part and parcel, I think, of who Berger is and who Soroka is. The two of them formed a, a pretty quick friendship um, amidst the rehabbing from these Achilles injuries. And Soroka is a, I mean, you talk to anybody, great, great clubhouse dude just that kind of guy as well he's 26 years old and looking for a, a bounce back here one of the thing of note in this trade as well we'll get to get to this a little bit from uh from the chris Getz side of things too one of the things to note here is you know yesterday was the non-tender deadline for a lot of players uh for all players on on 40-man rosters you got to tender a contract to a guy's arbitration eligible if you don't he goes to free agency or at least has to be exposed to waivers, depending on the, the status of that contract. Now, what matters here is that the Braves had, you know, kind of had a lot of guys 
nearing that end of control, kind of that last year of team control that they were looking to move off the roster because, they, like I said, they kind of that they're that championship club who's looking to add the next championship piece. I mean, you're reading about Shohei Otani rumors. Congratulations to the AL MVP. You're reading about Shohei Otani rumors, and the Braves are, are apparently in this. Probably faded toward the back of the field of, of teams who are really interested in the top free agent, but in this, right? I mean, they're shopping at that level. They're not looking to make sure that they've got space for a guy who's been injured a lot with some premier talent. It might be that a scenery change is maybe the best thing for Soroka and the White Sox seem like a place or are definitely really a place where Soroka is going to get some shots at the starting rotation and get some innings to go along with it. To that end, given the fact that Aaron Bummer, a when he's on, premier lefty reliever, and when he's off, a lefty reliever who's walking a lot and a White Sox defense that was not able to keep a premier ground baller to a low ERA or at least help him get to a, a sub-six ERA anyway, this Listen, the question that got asked to him was, was this a no-brainer? Ryan McGuffey, NBC Sports Chicago, asked the question, was this a no-brainer? And Getz gave his answer. You know, November 16th, there's there's more offseason here. Um, so uh, by us accepting a trade last night kind of speaks to, you know, kind of what bucket this falls into. We felt like this was a really strong offer for Aaron Bummer. Um, now, you know, the you look at Atlanta's side and where they are and the needs that they have, I under, I, I understand. Um, and just like any deal, you want both sides to feel good about it. And I obviously Alex does, and I do as well with, with helping the organization. So I, I felt like it was something we needed to act on um, because it, it was an opportunity to, to really, um, you know, help us in multiple different areas and, and set us up for uh, more opportunities this offseason. So that's Chris Getz talking about really the the shape of this trade. Aaron Bummer to the Braves for five. Count them, five players in return. Mike Soroka, lefty Jared Schuster, infielder Nicky Lopez, infielder Braden Shoemake, and right-handed pitcher Riley Gowans. Swing guy kind of profiled as a bullpen dude, but he was uh, just picked in the draft last season, so a lot of life left on Riley Gowans' development. Now, I do think we're going to get to the individual uh, scouting reports from Chris Getz and kind of the outlook for each of these players after a break. But I, I do think a couple of things. I would not be surprised at all to see Aaron Bummer bounce back from what was kind of a disaster last season um, in a 6.79 ERA, one of the worst ERAs in all of baseball. Uh, some of that because the White Sox defense on the infield um, was not very good. Some of that because walks were just too much of an issue for Bummer at times. Still, though, the ground ball percentage is very, very high for Aaron Bummer. And it wasn't until late in the season, really his last, I'd call it 10, 12 innings of work, with a couple of home runs, four of them that he gave up in total last season, really started to jump on him, whether that was you know fatigue or whether it's just late in the season or what have you. Uh, the guy threw 58 and a third innings, not a gigantic workload, but certainly you know was available when his name was called. It's for Bummer, what was really impressive to me looking back to his time with the White Sox was even though the results were a little bit um, a little bit lopsided at times, and especially in 2023, he was able over the course of 2021 and into 22 to go away from that sinker that had gotten him to the big leagues because he just kind of lost the feel of it and reinvent himself to a sweeper kind of guy as a lefty. 
And that's a pitch where, you know, he, he did some tweaking, some tinkering there. And I remember a Fangraphs article featuring Bummer's sweeper. It was then called a slider, but now we call those things sweepers. In 2022, as one of the nastiest pitches in all of baseball. The swing rate he got on it and the lack of contact he got on it was one of the best. All that to say, I, I, the best to Aaron Bummer, a really fun guy to talk with. Always a pleasure to have on the White Sox pregame show. I'm, I'm sure there are better things in store for Bummer. But as you hear Getz talk about it, this roster was, as he looks to remake it, this roster was ready to move on from a 30-year-old lefty reliever who's looking to bounce back from a very high walk rate, a, a, a strikeout rate that's still pretty decent, but all in all, a roster that's looking to give opportunities to guys that are ready to take a next step as opposed to bouncing back some. That's kind of the buy low that the Braves are getting here in the deal. Aaron Bummer going to Atlanta in this. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number here on White Sox Weekly. Want to know what you think of the trade? You're going to hear what White Sox general manager Chris Getz thinks of each and every one of the players he got in return for Aaron Bummer when we come back. So don't go anywhere. A lot more from the White Sox general manager here on White Sox Weekly when we return. This is Chicago's home for sports. On app. The ESPN Chicago app. In HD. FM 100.3 HD2. And of course on AM. ESPN 1000. This is White Sox Weekly. Welcome back into White Sox Weekly. I'm Connor McKnight. Stay out of the elements in 2024. Located on the 200 level behind home plate. The Guaranteed Rate Club offers all-inclusive food and beverage, in-seat service, and complimentary parking. Plans start at 20 games. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash GRC or call or text 312-674-1000. Serena and Chef Ryan, I'd love to see you at the Guaranteed Rate Club next year. They do some great stuff, including some fantastic food. And really, it's the it's the desserts that those two put together that really kind of send you over the edge. Every now and again, we're lucky enough to kind of have a tray get brought up to the broadcast booth. Mostly, it's because DJ's got a sweet tooth. Uh, and, oh, man, when that happens, you got to make your way into the broadcast booth. At least you try to. That way you, uh, you eat it and you have a good little afternoon at the ballpark. Uh, we're talking about the trade of Aaron Bummer to the Atlanta Braves for five Five in return. Five new White Sox. That's Mike Soroka, Jared Schuster, infielder Nicky Lopez, infielder Braden Shoemake, and right-hander Riley Gowans uh, all added to the White Sox. We're going to hear from White Sox general manager Chris Getz on each and every player, at least a little bit, in just a minute. This is your show more than anything else. 312-332-3776. In Bloomington, it's Mark. Mark, you're on White Sox Weekly. What's up, man? Uh, Wilmington, great show, sir. Great show. I I I love the moves. I like the players and the moves, the talents and everything else. But I still think the White Sox ownership is letting the White Sox fan down. I this team needs so much, and they have talent, and they have heart, and everything else. And I still think they have to go get a big name um, uh, slugger and everything else. And they they definitely have to get a decent manager for this team. And if they could do that, I mean, if they could just get a little more talent, they they could have a great team here. And um, I just think they're letting the fans down on the um, a little bit more. They need a little bit more. They have yes, they're getting rid of a um, they're getting rid of Aaron. I probably a great guy, but um, he, he probably he cost the White Sox at least fifteen games and saves and everything. Who knows? But um, they just need a decent manager. I 
That's what I think. And it, I'm I'm still a Sox boy, but um, they they still need a lot more. Mark, I appreciate the phone call, my man. I know you're still Sox boy. I know Bye. that. We'll hear from you during the uh, pre and post game. Well, the post game show coming up next season. I. I think this, you know, I was talking to somebody who knows uh, Pedro Grifol really well just the other day. And we were talking back about, you know, what last season was, how frustrating it was at times. Obviously, you lose 101 games and there's going to be frustrations involved. Um, but I don't know that, that anybody around that ball club, I don't know that anybody um, could, could talk to Pedro and say he let anything get in the way of trying to make that work the best he could, of trying to make the best baseball happen that he possibly could. Now, there were some obstacles to that, of course, whether that be injuries or attitude, trying to reshape a clubhouse, chemistry on the fly, all those kinds of things. Those were uh, unfortunate predicaments that the White Sox you know, got themselves into, found themselves in, and then tried to extricate themselves from at the trade deadline last year. Former general manager Rick Hahn addressed it pretty, pretty head-on, rather, um, when he made the trades of, of uh, Lance Lynn and Kendall Graveman and Keenan Middleton and you know all those kinds of conversations about what kind of clubhouse the White Sox wanted to build um, were, were out there. Pedro talked about it some. I think we played a cut or two of it last week uh, talking about how to remake this chemistry. Pedro talked about the idea of coming into that clubhouse and having the ability to have gone one of two ways. One, Trust that the veterans and players themselves are going to be able to forge their own chemistry and and police themselves, essentially. It's boiling it down just a little bit, but let's do that. It's only an hour show. Or come in there and swing the hammer and swing it early and swing it often. He chose to let that clubhouse chemistry work itself out in his own words. And I don't know that he necessarily thought or, or said even that swinging a big hammer and making it a little bit more draconian in that clubhouse from the outset would have been a better decision or even something that would have led to different results. But he did say he went one way. He went with that whole kind of, you know, let them police themselves, and it didn't end up working. The White Sox are off to an offseason or off to a start of an offseason where they're trying to remake this roster both from a athletic side and from a clubhouse chemistry side, almost first and foremost. And as they rebuild some of the rest of the talent around uh, the existing contracted talent, those two things, that defensive versatility, which, which is kind of partnered with athleticism, and also, I don't know, good guy makeup in a clubhouse, are all things that are, are top of mind as Chris Getz looks to you know make moves that may, in some cases, radically alter the clubhouse we saw for the last four or five seasons. Now, I think with the trade of Aaron Bummer, what you've got here is a high return for a lefty reliever. Not necessarily in terms of top-end talent, though possibly if Mike Soroka returns to form and is able to be healthy for a full season, I mean, shoot, if you're trading a lefty reliever for a guy that can feature as a three or four in your rotation, you have made a terrific deal, even if he's only there for one year. That is a, that is a hands-down fantastic trade. You do that 10 times out of 10 and twice on Sundays if you can. But there are other players in this deal that should round out the options for the White Sox. We talked a lot in our two-hour season wrap-up last year, uh, just a couple of months ago, rather, of last season, that what failed the White Sox last year 
was when they had to turn to some of those bench players, some of those role players, some of the guys that had come up from AAA Charlotte, there just wasn't quite the talent, uh, experience, or even you know specific skill sets. You talk about the slugging percentage that you'd like to see to be able to go to off the bench. I'm not talking about a guy who's going to you know slug you 550 or anything like that, but a relatively consistent power presence. You need that there. To say nothing of the on-base percentage, which from top to bottom was lacking with the White Sox offensively over the last few seasons. Now, with bringing in some of this depth, at the very least from the infield perspective, you've got guys in Nicky Lopez and Braden Shoemake who will hold their own defensively at just about any position on the infield. That's meaningful because as Getz and Grafol have talked about at length, being better defensively is one of the quickest ways you're going to see a better product on the field in 2024. Let's get to the specific returns, the specific names too. Chris Getz was asked about every player the White Sox got back in this deal, and he spent you know the bulk of the time talking about the big name Mike Soroka, the six foot five, two hundred twenty five pound right hander, a career three thirty two ERA over four major league seasons with the Braves, bouncing back from a, an Achilles injury or trying to bounce back from an Achilles injury suffered in two thousand and twenty, uh, and really struggling to stay as healthy as you want. The White Sox are making the bet that he'll return to health and return to form. Here's Chris Getz. Well, you, you've got a player that. Uh was one of the top pitchers in the game years ago. Um, obviously, uh, uh, unfortunately, had the Achilles injury that um, you know he missed he missed a, uh, a decent amount of time there. Um, I think all of us who's been around uh, the Chicago White Sox can can certainly uh, understand and relate, considering how uh, Jake Berger um, went through what he did uh, overcoming his Achilles injury and and how productive he is. This was his last. This was his essentially his first full season back from, from having a multi, multiple-year layoff. Um, and there were certainly some moments and flashes of, of uh, what Soroka was earlier in his career. Um, you know, navigating a, a, a season like that after being, being off uh, certainly can be tricky, but to have that under his belt, learning where his body is now, um, I think that there is some upside there. Um, and once again, he's coming from an organization that's been, you know, recently successful and he's pitched really mean, meaningful games for the Atlanta Braves. I think that's that's something where Getz brings up a, a salient point for each and every one of these players. Um, Lopez, Nicky Lopez being somewhat of an exception. These guys are, are players that got brought up in a Braves organization that really learned to identify some top tier talent and develop it well, too. Dana Brown is right now the general manager of the Houston Astros, but he was the development guy, the draft and develop guy for the Atlanta Braves. You know, he brought in guys like Ozzy Albies, made draft picks toward the top, Austin Riley, Mike Soroka, all, all these types of dudes. They were acquired with Dana Brown at the top of the um, player dev and, and draft situation for the Braves. Soroka in 2019 was 13 and 4 with a 268 ERA through 174 and two thirds innings. Struck out 142, finished sixth in Cy Young voting, and finished runner-up in NL Rookie of the Year voting in route to his first All-Star appearance as well that season. I know what you're thinking. Who won that NL Rookie of the Year in 2019? Any guesses? You're driving around? Just yell it out in your car. I'll hear you. Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, remember? He had that uh, 53 homer season in his rookie year for the New York Mets, and he may not be a Met very long. 
Who knows? His name's out there on the trading block. That could be a fun one to watch. Uh, anyway, Soroka, one of the top names, probably the top name that gets moved. But maybe the most familiar name to White Sox fans is Nicky Lopez. And that's because uh, we are contractually obligated to mention every time Nicky Lopez comes to the plate, whether he's playing at Guaranteed Rate Field or against the White Sox in any fashion or form, that Nicky Lopez is a local guy out of Naperville Central High School. He went to Creighton. He grew up a White Sox fan. He's 28 years old. Had a very good offensive season. It doesn't slug a whole lot, but had a very good offensive season back in 2021. Hit 300, uh, supplanted uh, the top, or, or was able to get himself to the top of that Royals lineup a little bit later on in the season. Cratered some in 22 and 23 with the bat, but shows well defensively, uh, regardless of what position you play him at. And here in this cut, you're going to hear predominantly Chris Getz talk about Nicky Lopez, um, but also about he's going to touch on, I think, Brayton Shoemake just a little bit before we uh, circle back to more conversation about Shoemake, Schuster, and Gowans, the other three in this deal. He's Chris Getz. Yeah, whether it be, you know, uh, Brayden Shoemake, who, who, who's a middle infielder as well, left-handed, uh, really sound defensively in multiple places, um, and then, yeah, you, you talk about Nikki. Uh, Nikki is our eligible, which uh, everyone is aware of. There's a tender deadline that we're working, uh, uh, working against right now. So, um, you know, we're working on a deal with them and, and we're hopeful. Uh, but Nikki, you know, his skill set, um, you know, he's, defensively, he's got a, a, a strong reputation. Um, you look at his defensive ratings or any sort of evaluation it's strong he can play shortstop he can play second he can play third base um he's coming from a uh championship um culture i should say in in the atlanta braves and experiencing that which um you know made this acquisition not only with nikki but others to to acquire guys that have been in an environment like that um but yeah nikki Nikki can certainly provide uh, improved defense, and, and that's certainly something that we've been set out to do. Uh, the deadline to agree to a contract before exchanging salary figures for arbitration players is January 12th, 2024. Arbitration hearings go on January 29th through February 16th. So when you hear Chris Getz talk about Nikki Lopez having that last ARB year, uh, that's what he's talking about. It's not the non-tender deadline that has come and gone. It's the arbitration deadline that's on there. Uh, and each one of these guys, with the exception of Riley Gowans, uh, Lopez, Soroka, Shoemake, and Schuster, were all added to the White Sox 40-man roster after the trade went down. That's just a bit of housekeeping, but probably good to know one way or the other. Now, Getz also addressed the other three in this deal, Shoemake, Schuster, and Gowans. Here's Getz. Yeah, so, so uh, you know, Braden... You know, middle infield defense is a strong suit for him. He's got some left-handed power. Um, you know, he's got he, he's controllable, um, and just to 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 provide you know infield depth for us, where uh, we're certainly in need of. I felt like um, made him attractive. Um, you know, for one, Schuster, another another you know left-handed um, another starter that that we feel like. Um, you know, he, he has pitched at the major leagues. Uh, he pitched uh, most of innings at the minor league level. You know, they, have, they had a pretty strong rotation last year, and he, he, he was uh, oftentimes the, the, the insurance policy for a championship-type club. Um, so there, there could be more opportunities for him here. Um, and, 
you know, when it comes to Goins, he's a guy that, um, you know, we, we did a deep dive throughout, you know, their system. Um, we've got a little draft history with him because he was a recent draft, went to University of Illinois, and there were some uh, attributes in, in uh, his pitching repertoire that we felt like uh, that, you know, could work with and potentially turn him into something. So Schuster's kind of an interesting one in that at Gwinnett, Triple A last year's 5.01 ERA in 16 starts. Only struck out 17.9% of hitters, and the walk rate was tough, 12.5%. So 2023 was was a very rough season for Jared Schuster. However, the year before that, he was a top 10 guy in the Braves system with a 3.29 ERA, a 26% strikeout rate, and a a much lower walk rate than the 12.5% that was there. Just... When we talk about prospects, and I've mentioned this on the pregame show and the postgame show on a White Sox Weeklies before, you know, you get the line, right? Don't scout the stat line. That's one of the worst things you can do in terms of talking about talent down there in the minor leagues. You never kind of know. Well, I mean, we know what the hitting environments are in different places. And, you know, any AAA pitcher that the White Sox bring up is almost more than likely not going to have a higher ERA than he would in the big leagues, perhaps, because of the home run environment that Charlotte is. I mean, it is an absolute launching pad, and that matters some, too, for Schuster. But what I do kind of like when you're taking a look at some of these guys, uh, some of these pitching prospects specifically, are kind of the rate stats. You know, that strikeout percentage, that walk percentage. It's a better measure of how around the strike zone you are, the stuff that you've gotten. You know, if it's 26.9%, I think is what it was for him in 2022, strikeout rate, then that's absolutely what you want to see sits in the low 90s or so at least he had in 2022 um had been throwing strikes up until last season and and the mlb pipeline write-up it kind of says in the last little line here the kind of the sum up might not have the highest ceiling in the world but his feel for pitching gives him the chance to be a solid big league starter that's something that kind of it ticks a memory box for me what Getz has been talking about this offseason is finding guys who might rely a little bit less on stuff and rely more on throwing strikes and being aggressive in the strike zone. By enriching the defense at the big league level, you're going to get better results from keeping the ball in the ballpark and hopefully on the ground. Perhaps that's the destination for Schuster if he's headed for the major league rotation at any point in 2024. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. We'll talk more about the deal. Aaron Bummer to the Braves for five players in return to the White Sox. Mike Soroka, the headliner here. Nicky Lopez involved as well. We will also talk about what's next for the White Sox. Chris Getz lets you know one name that has been talked about quite a bit in the GM meetings and maybe talked about more in the winter meetings coming up in a few weeks. I'm Connor McKnight's White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. We are talking White Sox. This is White Sox Weekly. If you miss the show, we put the podcast up on the ESPN Chicago app. So listen on your time. White White Sox Sox Weekly. Weekly. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. Give the gift of White Sox baseball with a holiday flex pack starting at just $49. Get six ticket vouchers redeemable for more than 60 games throughout the 2024 season. Plus, get early access to opening day tickets. Learn more 
at whitesox.com slash holiday packs. Chris Getz and White Sox have begun remaking their roster. Could look a lot different on opening day 2024 than it did on 2023's opening day. Uh, March 28th is that opening day. And you can hear it, of course, right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, you can download old episodes of White Sox Weekly on the ESPN Chicago app. They're all available for you. You can listen through for some interviews, uh, some information from White Sox luminaries like Brian Bannister, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Highly recommend that one. Um, Chris Getz talked a bit, though, in this press conference on Friday about what may be next. Bruce Levine been reporting on both sides of town, both teams, for a long time. I, I won't say it any longer than that. The guy didn't need me to date him. He's a fantastic, I mean, I would. He's a, he's a solid, fantastic human being. Uh, but I meant date him, like, in terms of the years. The guy's been doing it for a long time and knows what's going on. So you hear Bruce ask this question uh, about Eloy Jimenez and kind of set the scene a little bit. But Chris Getz talks pretty openly about the fact that it, it may be the next trade for the White Sox involves Eloy Jimenez headed elsewhere. Here's the uh, here's the cut. Uh, Chris, there seems to be a groundswell of uh, teams that are really interested in Eloy. Can, can that serve as both um, a uh, positive for you and uh, Eloy going forward? One, a motivation factor for him in the offseason, and two, um, teams knowing out there that you're you're open for business as you move toward the winter meetings? Yeah, for one, I've made it very clear that um, certainly the, the White Sox are, are willing to listen uh, on any of our players. Um, you know, when it comes to Eloy, I, I know for one, um, we just had a visit with him down in the Dominican Republic as a check-in. And, um, you know, he, he's off and running with his off-season program. He looks really good. He looks motivated. He looks determined. Um, obviously, he needs to, to maintain that. But Eloy's potential with his bat, we've seen glimpses of it. It's just been lack of consistency, mainly because of uh, missed time. So, um, you know, team, teams are interested. Um, it certainly just has to make sense for both sides. So that's the cut. And I, I think that's as, quite frankly, I think that's as candid as a general manager can be if a player is on the trading block. I, I know that the moment... The keys changed hands and that Chris Getz began talking about this team getting more athletic and being better defensively. That put the crosshairs a bit on Eloy Jimenez as a trade target. Eloy is a top-tier potential kind of bat, a guy that I can't wait to see hit 35 home runs and, I don't know, maybe put up a 290 average en route to a, an 800 OPS plus. I mean, or an 800 OPS, it'd be great. Maybe 145 OPS plus. That's the kind of guy, that's the kind of bat that I see in Eloy Jimenez in a good and healthy season. It may be true, though, that where the White Sox have kind of gotten themselves into trouble is by making a bit of a clunky roster in a lack of defensive um, versatility. And Eloy Jimenez being basically left field and playing just a little bit of right field last year has kind of, you know, pigeonholed himself a bit. By not being able to get out there defensively and be as good as, as I know he wants to be. Perhaps a different team sees an opportunity for Jimenez to be a better defensive outfielder. Perhaps another team sees the opportunity to look at Eloy and say, listen, we traded for you because we think you can hit 40 home runs and be our designated hitter and be a solid average guy and a solid on-base guy besides all that. And maybe it takes 
a change of scenery for Eloy to really embrace that. Whether that's coming or not here in this offseason, it may still be on the table before the deadline next year. And when Chris Getz talks about wanting to make this roster more athletic and more versatile on a defensive standpoint, one of the assets that he's clearly got that he can trade and not affect his current defensive availability or versatility, I should say, is Eloy Jimenez. This is where things kind of line up. And while it would be absolutely, in my mind, bittersweet um, to, to make a trade like this, when you look at the marketplace, remember, that free agent, we're going to play a cut from Chris Getz about the free agent marketplace in a little bit. But to my mind, there are exactly two difference maker bats in free agency available. One of them is Shohei Otani, and the other is Cody Bellinger. And if you are a team, you know, a not the White Sox team, because the White Sox have Eloy Jimenez, and we're talking about trading partners for Jimenez, if you're looking for impact bats, that next tier down, after you've spent the money or whomever spends the money on Otani and Bellinger, respectively, that next tier down may well include Eloy Jimenez. And making that deal, he's going to be a sought-after commodity if, like Getz has said, the White Sox are open for business. As for the White Sox plans in free agency, Getz was asked the question about where and how he'll be doing his shopping and gave you a pretty open answer. But, you know, I mean, it's still free agency and you got to keep your cards close. I, I still think it's going to be dabbling in both, quite honestly. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a pace to... to you know, each avenue. And, you know, there, there could be a point where it just makes us makes sense to act on a trade to uh, fill some of our needs um, and set us up for the future, or we, we were able to convert on a free agent. So still open-minded. We're, we're working in, in both spaces right now. Are you looking at kind of all levels of free agent, like, you know, guys who maybe will help you in 24, but maybe not past that, and also guys who could be multi-year propositions we're, we're, we're looking at all of them that's gets and i left that last part in there because one of the guys we made a little bit of news well we didn't but uh, baseball made a little bit of news the brewers uh did not offer a contract did not uh, tender a contract to brandon woodruff 31 year old starter he's out he's injured for 2024 he won't pitch but it would not be i'd i'd love you know, if I were running a team to take a swing at a two-year deal for a guy like Brandon Woodruff, pay him to essentially rehab in 24 and then slot him back in rotation that I think is either going to have a spot open or that he can earn in 2025. We talked really similarly about Liam Hendricks in that standpoint, whether it's the White Sox or another team, essentially signing him to rehab for you for most, if not all, of 24 and then opening that spot up in 25. I, I could see Woodruff being exactly that kind of guy. And as Getz kind of talks about opportunities to shore up the roster in later years, Woodruff fits that mold for me. I, I think that's that kind of guy. Yeah, whether it's Woodruff or whether it's other deals that are going to be more longer term, we'll see. One of the guys that, that could affect the immediate future for the White Sox, immediate future, is Colson Montgomery, despite having not played uh, all that much in the minors and being a young prospect in his own right. You're going to hear White Sox general manager Chris Getz talk about Montgomery when we come back. It's White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. On app. The ESPN Chicago app. In HD. FM 100.3 HD2. And of course on AM. ESPN 1000. This is White Sox Weekly. 
We are closing it up here on White Sox Weekly. Just a couple of minutes before we're out of here on this Saturday. A big thanks to Jack McGrath, our producer, and Connor McKnight. We've been playing some sound from White Sox general manager Chris Getz after the trade of Aaron Bummer to the Braves for five players in return. Mike Soroka kind of headlining the deal. And Getz spent a little bit of time in that press conference answering a question about Colson Montgomery and Brian Ramos, two of the top prospects in the White Sox organization. Colson Montgomery is ranked 17 on MLB Pipeline. And he was asked, Getz was asked, kind of about the, the near term, the immediate outlook for Colson Montgomery, given that the White Sox traded for two middle infielders of good defensive value, but, you know, guys who would be more uh, more bench utility type role guys. So the question is, is a fair one to ask. Listen, Colson Montgomery, who is 21 years old and has not played above double A, is a top prospect. So could he maybe be ticketed for major league time in 2024? Colson's a special talent. He is when... He'll, he'll certainly let us know when he, he is ready. I will say that um, whether it be feedback from other organizations, the coaches, um, you know, on the Glendale team, um, and I'll certainly my, my personal assessment, it was, uh, it was an impressive fall league for him. Um, you know, every, what he did in the box, he, he can, you know, he, the decisions he makes, um, the temperament, the under control, um, you know, operation that he has really s- stands out and s- uh, stood out to, to many. Um, and then defensively, he, he, he was solid defender at, at shortstop. So, um, you know, he was certainly one of the players that was talked about. Um, Brian Ramos was as well. And to have those guys on the left side of the, the infield there in Glendale was fun to watch and, um, and look forward to 2024 with both those players, and, and we do feel like both those guys are, are not only taking off, but ready to take off even further. Ramos has the seven spot on MIB Pipeline's top 30 for the White Sox, just in the system. And then one more note before we get out of here, the number fifth ranked prospect, Jake Eater, he was the lefty. The Sox got a return for Jake Berger from the Marlins. And the number 10 prospect, Christian Mena, who's been with the organization uh, since being signed, were added to the 40-man roster earlier this week, so they were protected in the from the Rule 5 draft. That is going to do it for us here on White Sox Weekly. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back at our 2 o'clock start next Saturday, so don't miss us. Looking forward to talking more White Sox baseball with you next Saturday afternoon. Have a great, great day.